Hello and welcome to Mind and Money Show, where we talk all things mindset, money management and our entrepreneurial journey. Along the way, we're going to throw in some amazing guests for good measure. I'm Shane Highland. I'm Gareth Shears. This show is going to change your life and teach you skills that school never taught you. Boom. The effects of sudden wealth, sudden wealth syndrome. Something along you know, that. I feel something like that when I get when I um when I get a refund on some clothes that I've ordered and they refund my money. <laughs> I feel well, this money that happens all the time for you, doesn't it? <laughs> you are that person who like orders like three. And, do you know what I ran? An, a lot of people don't know this, but I had an online retail brand um, which we built globally. It sold all around the world. We sold it. Be careful now what you say here. I think I know what you're going to say. And don't offend certain people. Is it? Well, no, I'm not going to offend anyone. I'm, I'm just, but it, it, do you know what? It, I know people do it, right? But not many people did. But people who will buy. Three hundred pounds worth of clothes, and you knew it, right? When somebody put an order in for like. Because an average order was generally anywhere between thirty and fifty pound an order, okay, maybe thirty and sixty pound. I kind of say it was the average order size. When you saw the people putting orders in, apart from around Christmas time, you would have bigger ones. If they put a two three hundred pound order in, they were Shane Highland, where they buy stuff, try it all on, send back two hundred pound of the three hundred or two hundred and fifty pound of the three hundred quid, and then all the packaging was ripped open, all the tags were taken off stuff. And they send it all back. Do you know, absolute bugbear. Do you know what I mean that literally pain in the ass? But well, anyway, my, my wife asked me. I, you say two hundred and fifty to three hundred. I I'd say I average probably two hundred a month spending on clothes, and I say I average a hundred and ninety six quid back on it. I don't keep anything. I don't know why I get it. Try it. I'm going. No, I don't want that. It all goes on my credit card, and I return it. I don't know. I have no excuse. I know I'm I'm an odd person, but it does happen. Every Who pays time. the postage on on this? Either way, generally, um, you probably get free postage because you're buying so much. You usually get free postages. Yeah, free returns. Some places. So we did free returns, do. right? We did free returns. So you you would log on to our website, you'd click a button, type in what your order number was, and it would give you a Royal Mail yeah, yeah. return label, which we paid for. Yeah. So it's costing you money. Costing me money both ways. So it reduces your profit. Now, there's not much profit margin in clothing, what people think. So if you're thinking of launching a clothing brand on the side of your business, don't bother. Right? Actually, yeah, that, that's for another time. But I've had a conversation with someone who runs a online retail brand, and we've had exactly the same conversation. I paid the last this. thing that I did, I bought two pairs of jeans before I went away on holidays. I thought I was the same size I was when I was 20 odd years of age, but. That's another point. And um, they charged me for returns. Now, I was intended to keep one of them. I bought two. I was going to send one back. I prepaid for the return um, thing, which was, I think it was three quid or four quid. But you know what? It was the first time I've done it. I spoke to Claire in the office as well. I had to bring it to Tesco. Oh, those drop-off points. Brilliant. First time I've ever used them. I was, Scan I was the barcode or scared going, excuse Got got there and asked the guy, um, the security guy, what do I do with this? He went, it's outside. So I went outside and I was like, oh, God, what's going on? And saw these boxes and, you know, the screen is there. I was like, scan here. Beep. Is it big or small? Uh, let's say small. Beep. Um, what company is with? Beep. Bang. Oh. Number four. Um, 
Doors open. Push it in there. Close. Beep. Do you want a receipt? Yes. Beep. Email to me. I was like, it's that yeah. easy. I don't have to talk and, to anyone. And, and it's a lot cheaper for brands to do that. that when we were running hours, that was starting to kind of come in, but it, it kind of didn't. But it'd be much easier for us to No queuing. So. I thought, oh, I'm going to have yeah, to do yeah. this. No Royal Mail. No them weighing it. Brilliant. So apologies to all the... Org- well, there's only three of you that I usually use. Um, I will continue to do that. I don't know why. I'm sorry. Um, It'd be nice if you kept the clothes once and supported them. I, I, I guess... Um, if they're big, big brands and stuff like that, sometimes. But we were a small brand, and that was a pain in the ass when people did that. But I'm just going to put that out there. I've been there. I've done it. I've actually worn the T-shirt, and what we made T-shirts about? as Sudden well. Sudden wealth syndrome. That's, that's how I, I felt. Yeah, I, yeah. Because you said you felt the sudden wealth when the when, money was when coming the money back, came even, back. Even <laughs> it was your bloody money. But um, <laughs> no, like sudden wealth syndrome is is a thing, and and we've talked in previous episodes about people selling their businesses and. Um, and the effects of sudden wealth, sudden wealth syndrome doesn't just come from you selling a business. It's winning a lottery, maybe getting some inheritance. You know, maybe maybe it's a a claim for some sort of lawsuit against. You know, maybe it's the NHS or whatever it may be, or an accident. But having this sudden money coming into your bank, and I'm not talking about twenty, thirty pound. I'm talking about large sums of money. You know, life changes yes. potential High sums six, of money. If not big seven figures. Big seven yeah. sort of money is coming into the bank account. You know, that can happen from selling a business, like say winning the lottery. We weren't kind of expecting. Like we all play the lottery, or a lot of us do, but we never expect to actually win it. And when we do, we're not in the emotional state to deal with that money coming in. And I think that's what people don't realise. People think, oh yeah, what a load of rubbish. But no, you know, it, it kind of happens. Now, now, I know it from kind of personal experience through kind of clients who've who've had it and how it's affected them. You know, one of the big things and and a, a good friend of ours kind of felt this when they sold their business, yeah, they lost their purpose. Because yeah. if you've spent your time building this brand, building this business, and then suddenly it's sold and you've got this big lump of money in the bank. You were going to work maybe 40, 50, 60 hours a week and your passion was there. Every weekend you were involved. And even like you saw the emails coming in from a new client going, yes, I accept that offer coming on Sunday. You're involved in that business. All of a sudden overnight, you're no longer involved in that business. He became a professional fisherman, didn't he? He did, yeah. <laughs> did, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But, but, but openly talks about having kind of that kind of and went into an element of depression and um, and really struggled with identity. But I've I've seen that in another. So when I had my first house twenty odd years ago, I know I didn't look old enough to have had a house twenty years ago. But when I um, had my first house, so I lived in it was an ex council house in the Newport area, and one of my neighbours actually won the lottery. Back twenty years ago, eleven point nine million. Did you get rent over there? No. But so they were. I'm gonna. I, I don't know the exact figures, but I'm, I'm gonna say they were in probably the sixties. The kids had grown up. They they looked after one of their children's children as well. Um, so they'd been brought up, kind of, couple of jobs. All of a sudden, won this huge amount of money. And 
they didn't really know what to do with it. Yeah. And, and I kind of saw this unfold. So they, they gave some money to the kids. They bought the kids some houses, bought them cars. They wanted more money. They tried to move house. They moved up around the corner to a bigger house, didn't settle, and they ended up moving back to the house which they were in because they'd spent all this time going through life, having everything they needed for what they could afford. And all of a sudden, they had this wealth. They couldn't. They, they, mm. they didn't buy new cars. They went and bought second-hand cars. And people were saying, why are you not buying brand-new cars? Um, but the, the family kind of turned on them in the end because they wanted more money. And the husband struggled with the stress. He ended up having a heart attack and passed away. Whether it was to do with that, I don't know. But, but I remember the wife saying to... My mum, it was the worst thing that could ever happen than having that money. They wish they never had it. And people don't understand that. You know, what do you mean? You're financially free. You can do whatever you want and ever. It, yeah. it, it doesn't make sense. But they sense. didn't know what to do with that money. Yeah. yeah. And the problem is then, like we talk, I've talked about it before when I talked about some wealth syndrome, is that you will find friends and family, the worst will come out to them when money's involved. Yeah. It, it is it is the norm. Do I've just checked because you gave out to me for so many times. I had to make sure that my... Mike was on, yeah. Halfway through chatting about this, I thought, oh no. But um, it 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 is it is true, and as you say, it's not just the win on the lottery or selling that. You know, even somebody that has an injury, maybe catastrophic injury, and all yes. of a sudden, you go, how how are we going to cope as a family? And all of a sudden, you know, through through something that happens, compensation or something like that, you get X amount of money in. Um, again, that's another life changing. That's that's wealth. Unfortunately, through horrible circumstances but you know all the the issues that come with that you know you, that that's a roller coaster of you know being being okay then having some medical issue or something like that that happens and mm. and not being able to w- wonder how you're going to make ends meet and then having it back again you know there's so many emotions with all of these different yeah, types it, of of, it, of lump sums incomes it's, it's managing the emotions and i, I think what we what we're always very good at and everything people do is that you know these solicitors do a brilliant job of getting this lovely claim for people or you know the 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 solicitors or the you know the kind of agents who help selling businesses do this wonderful job for getting these people this money but where we're really bad at is managing the individual through the process and out the back end because that's where they really really need the help and I think that's where huge value can be added. You know, like the National Lottery, use it, that's a good example. These people, maybe it's changed now, I don't know. But I mean, clients say it probably hasn't because we just don't learn from mistakes, do we? And we're really bad at that. But if that couple who I live next door to, if they'd been managed through the process with somebody, kind of the emotional side, not just the financial side of how to deal with their money and spend it, but the emotional side, this is what's going to happen. These are the things that's going to happen to you. This is how we're going to help you manage it. You know, if people start requesting money from you, send them to us. We'll deal with them. If they'd be managed that process, maybe there would have been a totally different outcome of that. You know, maybe it wouldn't have been, but maybe it would have been a slightly different outcome. And I think that's the same for anyone else's business. It's not just going hard at going right how do we get the structure right in to sell the business but actually how are we going to manage you and your family when you no longer have that worth you know is there things you want to go and do you know do you want to go and do another business because the other thing you will find and this will generally happen i'd say 99 percent of the cases if you have a particular skill set you probably will have contractually something in the contract that you can't use that skill set for the next couple of years when you kind of sell up yeah 
you know, and and we know that from experience with, with clients who have sold that they cannot go back into that arena for a certain amount of years. Sometimes it's longer, but you need to have that outlet of what am I going to do when I finish? Because you will feel that loss of purpose. And that comes back to even the stuff that we do with those that haven't got sudden wealth. It's let's not throw the value of what you have as an asset on the table at the outset. Let's have a discussion at the outset of what makes you tick, what makes you happy, what makes you get up in the morning, what do you enjoy to do? Because I think if you can if you can find out a lot of that information, mm-hmm. when when you bring the money side into it, you can align the money, the spending with those little things that make you happy. Now, we all want to go to a Super Bowl because that's what telly tells you to do. Or you want to go to watch the Masters or you want to go to an Olympics or a World Cup final or all that. But that only comes around once a year, once every four years. But do you know what? You got to fill 40, 50 hours of your week. You know, if, if you enjoy, you know, painting, you know, you can actually go and do a, a painting course as in learn how to do art. If you enjoy go-karting, you can actually go and do more go-karting on a, on a, on a higher level or buy a go-karting uh, area. You c- but it's, it's got to be something you really you do enjoy though as yes. well because I think some people have this fantasy that I'm going to become this painter, fisherman, whatever it kind of mean. But actually when they get into it, they're like, actually, maybe I don't like it as much as I used to like it. And I don't know what the, the numbers are anymore, but you know, when you, a millionaire is not something they can retire anymore. It no. is a, because of the lifestyle. I think you need ten. I think you need ten million. Is it I think ten, or 11 million? Ten, ten, ten million is usually the sweet spot. Is ten million at any sort of age level, if you invest it right, will get you through to a certain kind of will, will give you a comfortable lifestyle for the rest of your life. But 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 then I think you can probably flip the sudden wealth thing over to actually. I find this with some of my clients who come into retirement. They've got this pot of money, and they suddenly stop work, and they're used to not spending any money. That continues. And that continues. And actually, all they're doing is building up more wealth. And you have to have this conversation with them about actually you can spend this. And we use some technology which shows clients they can spend it and the risk of spending it. And, you know, don't get me wrong, there's some clients we have who we have to tell them to rein it in who actually spend too much. Yeah, and that's that's, that's another problem is that when you get this wealth, if you spend it too quick, it's going to be gone. Because who was that? Who was that guy who won the lottery? Who, um, oh, who basically snorted most of it up his nose, bought bought a house yeah, in Kent, yeah, didn't he? Yeah. And a right track, but like right, now, yeah. now isn't he now binman? Binman now, isn't he? Oh, I can't, he, oh, he was he was a binman, but now he's back to being and, a binman. And he's happy again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure, he's happy for the few months. I'm he had, sure he's he had happy money. for. Right, I think he burned through it in two years, didn't he? Um, but isn't it, isn't it amazing? But that's a good example. That's why. Uh, and that's where that person hasn't been managed yeah. properly. Um, isn't it amazing when you when you chat to people and you make you make them stop work? You 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 you're involved in that um, situation. There almost is the first year of they're petrified because they have no more money coming in on a regular basis, or it has been reduced. They become hermit-like and they spend less. And it's only on the second year you're going. Guys, you need to spend more money. Or we'd be holding back on this, we'd be holding back on that. I presume it's gonna be you know, it's gonna be the same when you get a lump sum in that that could be the last time they'll ever have, you know, income coming in. They just got a huge lump sum from selling the business. But then if it's if it's one, there's a different, I think, aspect of thinking that I've got ten million, I'm gonna buy a three hundred grand Porsche. You know, sometimes you have to rein in spending 
and be realistic. But if you do it correctly, you can have the best life that you want, yeah. along with you, your family, and friends, and all of that. You need to plan it. Like, you have to plan. Like like people plan the exit, but they don't plan the post exit. No, and and that's where I think it kind of goes a little bit wrong. And you know, there's so many variables to take into account. You know, that you are you going to go? Because so many people think I'm not going to, I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to work. But if you've been a grafter and built your business. And you maybe exit in your mid forties or early fifties. You're still going to want to do something. National NSNI National Savings Investments. They have a a panel that if you win the the one million pounds the premium bonds that they will get someone yeah. to chat to you. The lottery do as well. Um, the lottery will. If you sell your business for six point two million pounds, there's nobody there. No, and you have vultures because people know you've sold it. You know, because oh, yeah, yeah. you'll be known in the local area. Now, if you sell it for a couple of hundred million, that's a different story. But even if you sell it for X amount of small it's usually millions, the big wealth managers, isn't it? The FTSE well, 100 ones. Yeah, I'm not sure who you're on about there. But, um, like vultures. <laughs> but yes. They don't have any experience in that. No. They, they, they're, very, you know, they're very good at investing your money. Not very good at what they do with it after investing it. But there's no... The, 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 as you say, the that. vultures are going to be circling around that person's going to feel under pressure to do something because they know they have to do something, but they don't know what to do. But my advice to anyone exiting their business selling, they've got that lump sum, do not do anything with that money for six to 12 months. Don't commit to investing it anywhere for six to 12 months at least, or at least put up in a plan in place, you know, because you've got to sit. I know it's not, e- I know it's easy to say, but that is what you need to do. sit back, evaluate. And then, because this money's going to last you a long, long time. Because most people who exit anyway are going to be still within the business for probably a good 12, 24 months because they're going to have an earn out. Go on a cruise for three months and get the concierge. Yeah, 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 exactly. Go go and do do the holidays and do all those kind of things. But don't commit to tying all your money up within the first six to 12 months because there's a lot of variables that have to be taken into account. But the problem is if you walk through the door of a wealth manager's, one of the big ones, they're going to just want to put your money on ice straight away. Into a trust, tie it up, wrap it up. You know, Can't take it out. Can't take it out. You know, Probably you don't realize the implications of what you're doing or the tax consequences of doing it. Don't get me wrong, a lot of those things have to be done, but there's a structure and a process to do it. But you really need to start dealing with the emotional side before you start yeah. tying that Spe- Especially for business owners. You know, forget about the, the lottery winners and that, but you've built something up maybe over 30 years. You built it from, you know, your, your back garden or something like that. You sold it for X amount of millions. P- part of you almost feels it's a limb that's been taken away because you've cultivated that business. You've grown it from scratch. You've put in, you, you, the day you sell it, you're remembering back to the tear in your eye, the times when you, you know, didn't have enough money to, to pay the staff maybe, or the, the, all the struggles come to light. The emotions are high. The, the, you've gone, you've left the business. You've walked out the door for the very last time. You've, you've looked back. You went, I'm not going to be back here again, but you've got, 10, 11, 12, 9 million, whatever it may be in your back in your back pocket or in the bank. Emotions are so, so high. There's that grey cloud in your mind that you're brain fried. You've just got the most money you'll ever got. You would never have thought you'd have got it 30 years ago. You have been told by husband, wife, aunt, uncle, brother, sister, friend, um, golf partner, you need to do something. As you say, slow down. Let everything settle. Take time. S- 
set aside a small amount to treat yourself for the for the the work or the hard work that you put in over the years it might be 40 grand 50 grand whatever amount do something stupid buy a big cruise take your time get away from the ge- geographical area get away from all the other people telling you what to do get your mind free uh, have a think about consequences what you'd like to do and and come back to the table with fresh ideas yeah. when you when you've had some time away from the business you know you don't leave the business on friday and invest that 6.2 million pounds on monday morning and whatever you do do not let your bank invest that money for you ever because if whoever you bank with one of the big banks they will as soon as that money hits your bank account they will want you to invest it okay so they can make their commissions and whatever they do from it but do not let the bank do it because they do not do proper financial planning however much they may say they do okay all they are really interested in is just hitting their target and keeping your money in their bank but that's what it's not about you need to take your time find the right person something you're comfortable with who actually isn't just going to talk about your money he's going to talk about what the future holds what the plans are and they're going to handhold you through the future it's not about we can all invest your money we can all stick it onto a platform stick into a wrapper stick into an investment we can all pick the same invest well to an extent we can some people can some people can't but the investing side of it is about 20% of what should really be done. The other 80% is all around processes, procedures, emotions, behaviors, tax planning, future planning, goal planning. The actual investing is about, well, I'd probably say less than 20% of what the real process should be about. But if you go to the bank, it'll be 100% of what they do. It's just investing your money. Sticking in some offshore bond, Let's forget about it. It'll the, the things I've heard from what some of the banks have told clients about when they get their money, you know, the a good example was we will guarantee you three percent a year. No one guarantee you anything. Absolute rubbish. And that's telling somebody who's gonna have a lot of money that they're gonna guarantee them three percent a year. It wasn't really. I think it was more so minus their charges, minus what you could do, taking the five percent out of a bond, but we won't go into that. I just thought back to what I said there. That 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 day you walk out, you pay yourself. That's your your end bonus. That's your bonus to you for doing so well. That cruise, buy it, live live the life of a lord for eight to nine weeks, and go and splash out on something like that and, and treat yourself. Yeah, memories create memories because buying that Bentley or the Ferrari, like once you bought and sat in it, is what it is. Do you know what I mean? There's more to life than that, but there's a process behind it. So. If you get any sort of large amount of wealth, take some time and get the right professional help. I mean the right professional help. Do you think um, professional help would be um, a benefactor coming into one of the four rugby regions here in Wales and um, and helping you lot out, giving, you know, throwing some money into a region? <laughs> Who's doing that? No, if, if somebody gets some sudden wealth. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I wouldn't do that. That's probably one of the worst <laughs> investments you can make into a, into a sporting club. Aren't, aren't they just... Uh, Money laundering, um, tax havens. Oh, I'm not it, sure about that, but you're, you're especially ev- football everything clubs. You're, everything you're doing is based on an, an emotion. But you could do if you have enough money, and it is surplus to requirement. And if that's what you really want to do, you could go and do that. But 
Imagine getting your, your own personal name on your, your rugby jersey. You have to pay for that, though. Absolutely, yeah. Sponsorship. Absolutely. Maybe that makes people happy. Well, Gary V's, that's one of his things, isn't it? New York Jets, is it? Ah, uh, okay. Don't know anything about baseball. There we go. Connick, do you want me to sponsor? I'm sure be, they do. It's sure probably going to be the sleeve or the under under the sleeve. That's about all I can we'll, afford. We'll have to get another phone line now you've done that so they can ring, everyone can ring in on that offer. <laughs> there we go. Thanks for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, then please subscribe and remember to follow us on social media for more content like this.